0: Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel reading this morning indeed does come from St. John chapter 17 verses 20 through 26 and can be found on page 1680 in your pew Bible. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as you, as we are one, I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those that you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, so the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them, and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Today's gospel brings us to the end of the words of Jesus in the upper room and the night that he was betrayed. He he has been teaching many things to the disciples in order to prepare them for the events of the next few days. That is, his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. And he has also been teaching them about their lives after his ascension how the Holy Spirit will inspire them and teach them all things. And finally, our Lord finishes His teaching with prayer. Now, the Gospel accounts tell us that Jesus prayed frequently, but they do not often record the actual words of His prayers. And even so, we do have the words of Jesus' prayers on this night. Not only his prayer in the upper room, but also his prayer in Gethsemane. His prayer in the upper room had three parts. First of all, he prayed for himself when he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you." That's John 17, 1. And then he prayed that he would remain faithful to the task which the Father in heaven had given to him. That is the the task of suffering and dying for the sins of the world. And when he finished praying for himself, he prayed for the apostles he said in John 17:9 through11, "I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me. For they are yours. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one." That's John 17:9 through11. Jesus prayed for their faith that they would remain faithful to God the Father. Then there are the words that we heard in today's gospel. Here Jesus prayed for you. Did you know that? He said, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who do will believe in me through their word. You are the ones who have heard the words of the apostles and believe. That prayer is for you, and Jesus still prays for you. Now, Jesus prayed for the unity of all believers three times. Jesus asked the Father, He asked them that he would make us one. That they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, and that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me, and the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, and that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, and they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Three times he says that. Three times. Have you ever had somebody tell you something three times that wasn't important? Jesus desires our unity. But that unity cannot just be any unity. Many in the current culture want to unite humanity at any cost. But their idea of unity is very different from the unity for which Jesus prayed. They said, or they might say this. You've heard it. Maybe you've even said it. I know I have. Let's agree to disagree. Have you ever heard that? Or they might say, Well, you have your truth and I have mine. <laughs> have you seen those bumper stickers that say coexist? All the different symbols coexist. Have you heard? Church leaders, pastors that ought to know better, pushing for interfaith dialogue. Such phrases and others like them are not statements of unity. Coexist? They can't all be right, they all cannot be true. The true meaning of such statements is this, that there are real disagreements. But everyone is going to ignore, everybody wants to ignore these disagreements and act as though there are no disagreements. And in reality, this is hypocrisy, not unity. We used to call this kind of phenomena sweeping it under the rug or sticking your head in the sand. So we now have people who say silly things like this. Well, Muslims and Christians both worship the same God just under a different name. And we should be able to find a way for them to get along. Now, such people demonstrate a profound ignorance of the teachings of Islam and Christianity. Allah, the Muslim God, he asks you to sacrifice your sons and your daughters for him. Now, on the other hand, God the Father has already sacrificed his son for you and all who would believe. He sacrificed his son for you and for your sons and for your daughters. And the difference is profound True unity can only be found in a triune God. That is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, period. We human beings cannot produce the unity for which Jesus prays. Can't do it. Instead, Jesus prays for the unity among Christians that he himself has with God the Father. Jesus prays for the unity among Christians that is in God, from God. And such unity can only happen because people are already united in Christ. And as you are united into Christ, you are united into the body of Christ. The one holy Christian and apostolic church. True unity can only be found in Christ, the Son of God, who became man and gave himself up for us on the cross. This is the unity for which Jesus prayed in that upper room. This unity is not a dead, stagnant unity. But it is an active living thing. As Jesus prayed, he prayed that this unity would have a specific effect. He prayed this. He prayed this, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. And once again, Jesus prayed for this three times. This indicates that it is really important. The Greek word for sent is apostolo, apostolo, and it's the root word in apostle. When Jesus prayed that the world may know that you sent me, he prayed that the world would hear that he is the apostle sent from God, the Father. As the Apostle from God the Father, Jesus came to earth on a very specific mission. God the Father sent him to take up our human flesh into himself. Why? Well, to work the redemption that we could not work for ourselves. That work included his perfect life. That work included his sacrificial death his resurrection, and his ascension. And by accomplishing this mission, Jesus earned forgiveness for the sins of the world, forgiveness that offers eternal life with him. The unity of the church also proclaims the love that God has for the world. And the greatest expression of love is the body of the Son of God hanging on a cross for you and for me. And his love endured the punishment of hell for you as he hung there. And Jesus prayed that every believer would know that God loves them even as God the Father loves God the Son. The love that God has for you is the same as the love that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have for one another. It's the same perfect, all-encompassing love, agape. And Jesus described this love as the love that he received from the Father before the foundation of the world. For these words we learn that the Son of God is eternal, with the Father and even in eternity the love between the Father and the Son is perfect agape and that is the love with which the Father loves you and loves me so what is the net result of this unity this sending of this love Jesus says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. Jesus prayed that all of this will have one effect. That is, that those who are unified in him would have eternal life with him in his glory. Jesus' prayer for you is that you will live with him forever in his glory. And Jesus prayed at a real time, in a real room, and he prayed for you. He prayed that you would be united with him just as he is united with God the Father. Did he pray that he wanted you united with him and the Father? Have, you, have I said that enough times? It's important to him. And you can't do it without his help, neither can I. He prayed that you would know that he is the apostle sent from God the Father to redeem you from sin. With his holy life and his innocent suffering and his death. He prayed that you would know that God the Father loves you. You are his adopted child, just as he loves Jesus. He is, excuse me, just as he loves Jesus, his only begotten son. Imagine that. He prayed that you would spend eternity sharing in his glory, the glory that he shared with the Father from eternity. Now the Holy Spirit inspired John to record the actual words of Jesus' prayer for your comfort and for your confidence. And you can take comfort in the love that God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have for you. Take comfort in that. Take joy in that as you are covered by His grace. You've heard that. You can have confidence in the salvation that is yours, the eternal salvation that is yours in the glory of Christ. And you can know that God the Father in His love sent His Son as a sacrifice to make you truly one with him in his epistle the holy spirit inspired john to write this in 1 john chapter 2 verse 1 he writes us a love letter he says my little children i am writing these things to you so that you may not sin And if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. These words teach us that Jesus is our advocate with the Father. That is, that He still prays for us. And even as we heard the prayer that He prayed in that upper room, He still prays for you today. And every day, until you join him in his eternal glory. It is in the name of Jesus. Amen.